with these academics. Welcome to another episode of Off the Record Podcast. Yo, let me tell you this. I had to do that like four or five times, man. I got to be honest with y'all. Yo, number one, this is a solo episode. If you came here to see somebody else, fuck off, okay? I'm going to just keep it 100 with you. I've been told y'all this is a solo motherfucking podcast. Y'all been asking for me to be on here by myself, then this is going to be just like one of my goddamn Twitch streams because I'm going to give it up just like that, okay? I want y'all to give me the feedback on it. If y'all want me to talk to people or y'all like me just... Going off, but fuck it. I'm going to be honest with y'all, and you know, we're a little bit late on some of this new shit, even though I covered it on the gram, as you should be following. Man, social media is a motherfucking trip. I'm going to be honest with y'all, people. Now, when the last outage went down of Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, I got to keep it true with you. I feel like we were all in Twitter jail being forced to read Twitter. Twitter is a bunch of pretentious bitches who get mad at the weirdest shit. Like, I'm reading Twitter, and these motherfuckers is good with watching porn on their timeline, fights, beef, self-mutilation. But if you say something about the vaccine, these niggas up in, the, up in arms? Shit just don't make sense to me, bro. Like, I just can't understand Twitter. Twitter and the whole cancellation mob, I could never understand them. I'm being honest with y'all. And this is why when y'all watch my previous content, whether it's a war shot rack or even still some of my YouTube content where I'm doing YouTube videos, a lot of satire come from Twitter. You get me? Like, listen, I'm also a part of the why be better ratio, all that type of movement. But some of the fuckery I got going on is too much. Like, listen, I'm with the free YB movement, but there's a nigga who I just seen recently, like, Okay, I guess he got his own nigga who's locked up. Not everybody we gonna campaign to get free. Okay, free YB sounds cool, but I seen this other motherfucker just tweet out, yo, free my nigga, walk him down Will. Cops just be hating. I'm sorry, sir. I don't think the cops is hating. His name is walk him down Will. Nigga, his name is the fucking murder. It's the fucking crime. I don't want that nigga to be free. The fuck is we doing? We can't advocate for everybody to be free, okay? Listen, we got to pick and choose, and some of y'all niggas, y'all might have to get put on a special island, and y'all got to go to the Squid Games, because we can't fuck with some of y'all, man. Social media, especially Twitter, is just too toxic for me, okay? Now, I've realized just less and less over the years, I've just tweeted less of my opinions, and I've just started being more fact-based. Oh, you want to see sales? I put sales up. You know why? Because if I give my true opinion, it's always somebody, like, offended at something, these days, there's nothing people all accept other than some really pussyfied shit. Okay? Now, I even seen this shit recently. Okay? And by the way, I don't know if y'all watched it. I even watched it yet. But apparently, Dave Chappelle got his whole new special on, on Netflix. It's called, like, The Clothes or something like that. Okay? He's telling some jokes. And by the way, listen, I call it Spade a Spade. Yo, Dave Chappelle, bro, like, you used to be way funnier. These days, I get you have, like, a bigger purpose. You're that guy. But these days, he's just, like, talking like and it's not that funny but he's pushing the limits of being controversial a lot of times and I think it's not necessarily the goal is just to be funny like it was in his early stand-up days it's to kind of show people that the reason why comedy is being affected is because some of the people consuming it is pussy and truth be told I could understand that plight so he made a couple of jokes and apparently people are up in arms they're tight he made a joke saying yo Wait, is the LGBT community or whoever else mad at motherfucking um, uh, 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 the baby because he he says something about, you know, uh, LGBT like folks and also says some stuff about like AIDS or maybe possibly HIV? Well, if y'all are mad at him and trying to cancel him for that, did y'all know he also clapped a nigga in aisle five of Walmart with the baby powder on the left? He did that, okay? The baby is that type of guy. Okay, and by the way, and I've seen people bring this up, 100% when he clapped the nigga, you know what I mean? Like, I ain't gonna lie, it's one of the most graphic images I've ever seen. Like, the nigga brains is literally just out on the pavement, or out on aisle five, literally. But apparently it was self-defense, so it really doesn't have too much to do with, like, some of the stuff he said about LGBTQ community. But I guess what, you know, even people like Dave Chappelle is trying to get at is, like, listen, you know back in the day when comedians used to joke, it used to just be like, yo, most of the funniest, even Chris Rock, he was really good at this. He would joke on black people like to do this, white people like to do this. You get me? And essentially, even if at times he was clowning black people or clowning white people, they're fucking jokes. 
They're fucking jokes. These days, you have special protected groups that can't accept a joke. Now, I'm not talking about what uh, the baby did. I think when he even talks about, you know, uh, and I'm talking about even the closer with Dave Chappelle, I don't think it was the best joke ever, but some of the backlash is letting people know you can't joke on everybody. You know, uh, we saw punitive actions being taken afterwards. There were a few people who were trans at Netflix. And by the way, respect to all the trans people who consume any type of content. But, you know, I've always thought that comedy was a special place where we all could, like, put it like this. If, imagine me getting offended because a nigga make a fat joke when I'm watching a comedy special. Bro, if, like, listen, you you can't be so sensitive where you're off limits. You should never go to a comedy show. The best comedians, they poke fun at every single race, creed, height, shape, tint, hairstyle, hair color, whatever. Like, they, they do that. But these days, it's completely where, like, there's certain protected groups that are above jokes. And I do look at that, and even if I don't think Dave Chappelle specials are the funniest things ever these days, I think he's fighting for comedy. I think he's fighting for, like, you know, a certain type of art of self-expression and, and art that makes people feel good where you could just be yourself and not really worry about, oh, I can't talk about these people. You know I mean? I always tell this story about, I, was, I grew up in Jamaica. You know, I came over here to the United States. And truth be told, I didn't know too much about, you know, people who were of the LGBT community. I remember even my first time when I was presented with the opportunity to, I was DJing in college to DJ for an LGBT, LGBTQ organization. At first, like, I was really in a very ignorant mindset. I didn't really know too much, but I kind of also didn't want to do it, but I didn't want to say no. Not going to lie. They offered me a check. I was like, you better open up your mind and go figure this shit out. And I'm going to be honest with you, it's one of the most pleasant experiences I've ever had. Those people were so nice. They were so, you know, endearing. They were so, you know, accommodating that, you know, it made me really, and it wasn't even only that. Like, I, I worked with, with you know, um, like I was a supervisor at the computer lab at Rutgers University, and, you know, I used to, like, I was one of them niggas who never did no work. Fuck, no work. You know, you know, what, you know that old nigga or that nigga who's been at a job for so long, he stopped working, and anytime you're on his shift, he's just talking some bullshit. That was me. So my, my job was just to make the shift go by, go by faster, but I ain't doing no motherfucking work. So I used to just be talking about sex, 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 who's fucking who, blah, 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 blah. We're in college. And truth be told, there was this one homosexual dude there. And, and, and I remember, like, even thinking about it, too, because in every conversation we would hold, he would feel kind of, like, left out. And, you know, just one day I was just like, yo, why the, like, I don't even know what his experience is, but, like, he used to love sit and listen in to what we told him. And I just start asking him, and, and I'm like, yo, this is how a straight dudes handle certain situations. What about you? And truth be told, I really enjoyed that experience because I learned about somebody else. So it's one of those things where, man, listen, whether you're black, white, whether you're gay, straight, bi, you know, um, whether you're transgendered, whether you're other, wh whatever you are, listen, the whole goal of the game in trying to get some equality is learning from each other, but also learning from each other is also realizing that sometimes even jokes and having a sense of humor is going to help us all. You know what I mean? We can't all be like, okay, don't talk about this. Listen, everything could be put in a lighter manner, and honestly, that's how you get to learn about people. That's just what it is, at least for me. So, you know, I see I, 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 I see um, Dave Chappelle doing that. I, I saw that there was a few people that work at Netflix. They weren't with it. You know I mean, a few trans people, apparently they were, quote, unquote, put on the bench or allegedly suspended by Netflix. And essentially, Netflix was saying, we're not mad that you don't fuck with Dave Special. By the way, they gave Dave Chappelle probably over 50 million, maybe 50 to, to 100 million in terms of their whole business dealings, whether it's Chappelle's show or whether it's the stand-up specials, they have a lot of money invested. And, you know, I think people from the trans community or even LGBTQ community, they're used to, like, you know, these companies just basically bowing down and say, okay, okay, well, if you're offended by this, we'll just take it off. We'll ban it. We'll get rid of it. And Netflix is just saying, hey, listen, whether it's monetarily, why they're doing it, they're like, we fuck with, we, like, we don't think he's being hateful. He's also a comedian. And I think this is how they, they kind of put it down as they suspended or put on the bench, quote, unquote, 
the person who was trans and a few other people who felt offended by Dave Special, they said, we don't care if you don't like it, right? We just care how you put that across. Keep in mind, if you work for these companies, if you work for Apple, you work for motherfucking for, for Netflix, you can't just get on social media and tweet, man, fuck Netflix or fuck Apple. Like, no, they're going to do something. So it appears that they're down for free speech on both sides. They just want their employees to do it in a certain manner, which, again, I'm not here to police everything, but I do like the open and free speech. Now, I don't want to stick on that for a long time, okay? And um, as I'm looking forward to what's going on social media these days, you know what I mean? I was checking out my man, Walk Him Down Will Charges. Jesus Christ, like, think about a fucking name like that. Walk Him Down Will. You fucking just describe the goddamn murder. Like, how could I have a T-shirt that says free walk him down will, right? It leads me to another, you know, source of, you know, conversation and discussion recently, which is Pusheisty. You know what I mean? Pusheisty, that's my dog. Well, Poo, you know I'm really shysty, right? In reality, if you guys don't know, Pusheisty got two cases. A lot of people have been talking recently about will he get life or not? So, let me give you the, the, the two cases he got. Now, I'm going to try to explain it because, you know, sometimes you just see these reports, you don't know what the fuck they're charged with. First of all, this is the most grandiose type of flashy crime I could ever possibly imagine. Who Shiesty is charged, and actually he's about to go to trial because that's, that's really the, the, the recent news. He's not trying to take a plea. He's trying to go into trial for his first case that alleged that he pulled up in a lime green McLaren, right, to buy weed and sneakers, <laughs> okay? First of all, I don't smoke, so I might be ignorant to this, but I think from the people I know, your weed dealer ain't selling you sneakers too. But for whatever reason, Pushaisty, that was his motherfucking dealer sold both of them anyway shows up to buy some weed and some sneakers from the same motherfucker brought his, his homies along but as his name suggests Pooh shiesty you didn't expect Pooh shiesty to pay for the fucking weed and sneakers did you right so allegedly he ordered the dude out the car there was some, you know, like a little like almost altercation and allegedly Pooh shiesty shot Okay, shot the dude in the ass cheeks, in the buttocks, and then hopped in his lime green McLaren, peeled out, and then took a private jet and fled the state. Now, come on. This ain't, if that don't sound like some Tony Montana type of shit, what does that sound like? Except it was all caught on surveillance tape, and that's why he's in this jam. Now, he got another jam. And this is one of the things where, you know, I hope he realizes and he figures out when he comes out of all this that, brother, it, you're not really supposed to live your raps. <laughs> like, it's you're not supposed to live your raps. Pooh Shiesty actually had his own fire in the club. And when he was wearing these skin-tight jackets, Okay, now keep in mind, listen, I'm a little bit bony, okay? You might catch me in a 36, or you might it might be so tight, catch me in a 38. You got to keep it a 100, okay? This nigga got to be rocking a 25. I don't know what it, matter of fact, fuck that. He was probably rocking a size 3, some girl shit. Got to be out of the fucking shelf off motherfucking Forever 21, something out of fashion over slim. He got the shit on, and the motherfucker got literally... $40,000 sticking out of his pocket. His pants is so tight, you would think the nigga would catch a yeast infection, but the goddamn Benjamins is sticking out of his pants, okay? Apparently, a fan who's like, oh, my God, Bush, I say blah, blah, Like, accidentally touching and the fucking tension of the fucking uh, uh, spandex jeans, because that's, I ain't gonna lie to you, the moment I found about spandex kind of jeans, that shit's been lit, I ain't gonna lie to you. Spandex jeans with the stretchable joints? Oh, my God. <laughs> okay? The spandex denim fucking snapped with tension after the fan touched him. The bands just flew in the air like fucking confetti. This shit flew in the air like confetti. So now they're kind of in a strip club. 
fancy money flying in the air, fans start grabbing it. Except it's all hundos. They're grabbing it, blah, blah, blah. Pushaisi mistakes that to say, wait, a nigga try to rob me. You know what he does? And this is where, like, I'm telling you, Pushaisi got to be like Inspector Gadget. I can't even believe this. He has 40000 sticking out of his pocket. It's skin-tight jeans. I mean, like, this nigga might have a yeast infection. Yo, it, like, come on, like, to keep it real, like, th- this shit is so pierced to his skin and everywhere else. You might think this nigga's getting a, col- uh, who was it, a, 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 a colon- colonoscopy? For real. That's how crazy it is. All that is going on. And still, this what it got to be some GTA shit. He still pulls out a gun. Where was the gun at? Nobody knows where the gun is at. Nobody. Listen, I, <laughs> I have some theories I won't even say. But after all the money flies out like confetti because the tension in his pants when interrupted by a fan saying Pushaisi flew up in the air. Everybody's grabbing the money. He thinks somebody's robbing him. He pulls out a gun. Hand was on the trigger. Kind of fucked up a little bit. A shot was discharged. Hit the ground. Hit the security. Very bad, not a good situation. And truthfully, um, yeah, he shot a security. You know what I mean? Which, by the way, if we talk about self-fulfilling prophecies and manifesting shit, you got a song talking about, yo, I, uh, you say, bitch, I got my own fight on these security in the club? Well, what way could you really show niggas you don't need security in the club and show niggas you got your own fire than shooting the security? Now, I'm not making a joke of this, real talk. But, like, you know, very unfortunate situation. And I think he's learned. But anyway, a lot of people have been asking if he's going to get life. And we saw Jack Boy Way and a lot of other people that are they're like, they don't believe he's going to get life. And honestly, I don't think he's going to get life either. You know, I think he's taking this thing to trial and not taking a plea because he realizes he's hot right now. He don't want to do too much time in jail, and he wants to be out sooner than later. So, you know what I mean? I could imagine they offered him a plea that was probably going to be at least three years in jail, maybe with time served. So he don't want to be in jail for three years. So he's trying to take it to trial, and... Shit, if he could get two years or maybe he just served one extra year with the time served, yo, he's good. So that's the current situation for him right now. And I'm going to be honest with you, like, you know, it's such a super unfortunate situation. And I hope whenever he gets out, you know, for all rappers who have believed other rappers when they're rapping their rhymes and you think they're living that life, who shiesty, it sounded good that you got your own fire in the club. You don't need no security. But in reality... All the other gangsters have security, okay? That's the reason why security is there. You're a brand. And, you know, again, you know, he's a young guy, relatively young guy. You know, hopefully this mistake doesn't cost him the entire of his career. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I know I know a lot of y'all watched the last couple episodes, and I want to thank y'all. It's been doing really good. You know, off the record, is going super up. You know, we're one of the top podcasts on Spotify. I do want to say for everybody, okay, we had an Omi and a Hellcat interview on Friday. Shit was amazing. I literally sat and listened to this motherfucker talk about his story, and I said, damn, this is a motion picture. This is like, you know, like, I remember watching um, Wolf of Wall Street. I'm like, yo, this is, like, if this was even partly true, this is fucking amazing. To watch a guy who came from just Philly, like, I don't want to say necessarily the hoods of Philly, but, like, pretty much, like, his dad gets caught with drugs with the FBI. He figures out a loophole and lives the life where he's making tens of millions of dollars, maybe monthly, and it all kind of, like, erupts in three years with the feds running in and some of the things he did. And, yo, he said he blew three motherfucking million dollars in a strip club. I'm so fucking cheap. I spent three grand in a strip club like one night and I still remember that. The most I ever spent in a club was uh was ten grand, I think. It was ten grand, it was my brother's birthday. And I learned my lesson. I told my brother after that, I said, please, let's not ever go back to the club. I said, I could send you a shorty of your choice and like four of your homies and a cop of villa for y'all in St. Thomas or something like that and y'all can have a good time. Why am I spending ten grand for a club experience, and you're paying for, like, motherfucking a bottle that is, like, 18 times more than what it's worth. In the, so, I, I, I really do have a whole new perspective on that. Anyway, um, yeah. Essentially, that is what, um, uh, what the fuck was that? What the fuck was I saying, Lee? What the fuck was I saying? I definitely lost. 
oh my god, you, I, I lost my train of thought. But what I was saying is that Omi and the Hellcat. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Omi, yo, I'm scatterbrained like a motherfucker. Okay, so Omi and the Hellcat. That's a Friday episode. Yo, Kodak. And by the way, I see a lot of people who say, yo, act. Yo, make sure you reach out to him. Yo, let me tell you this. This is what I can tell you about the Kodak interview. By the way, Kodak was so dope. Um, for reasons that, that you know, it's neither none of y'all business, at least at this moment. And also, you know, shit just out, I just won't divulge. The Kodak Black interview that we actually did was pretty much, like, definitely more than half of what y'all saw. It was definitely close to three hours. You know, we admitted a few things, and, you know, it was done in the hopes of good content, not to cause controversy, and also to, you know, to make it a better viewing experience. I'll say that right now, right? Um, but for the people who were concerned about some of his recent messages on social media, like, yo, Ak, yo, what about this? What about that? What about this? Um, yo, I spoke with Kodak. Kodak is in good spirits. I will tell you this, though. And I seen some people, like, there were some people I was arguing with on Instagram. They were like, yo, Ak, why don't you help? Why don't you do this? Let me just tell you this, man. Addiction is a real thing. And, yo, you can't really just... Being there for someone doesn't mean someone is being helped. You know, sometimes people got to figure out their own demons and figure out their own coping me mechanisms and also make the decision themselves to say, hey, listen, I'm going to abstain and, hey, I'm going to try this. And, you know, as much as you're there for somebody, you know, I always, when people see whether anyone, you know, succumbs to, and I'm not trying to trivialize it at all, when people see that anyone succumbs to, you know, um, drug abuse or whatever, it's a lot of finger pointing. Why didn't this person do this? Why didn't this person do this? A lot of times people do step in. You know, I think Kodak Black coming on off the record and admitting and saying, yo, listen, I had a, I had a, you know, I had a drug problem and I checked myself into rehab and I'm trying to work on it and addiction's real and I want to be here to help other people. I think that is a huge message. You know, I've talked to Kodak Black, you know, he's, I don't want you to think he's just some degenerate who's like just a drug fiend or nothing like that, but he's honest with his addiction where we all have vices. Some of y'all do like just be addicted to your vape. You don't even think you are because you probably look at it like there's not much side effects, at least in the moment. Right. You know, shit. I look at alcohol the same way. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, well, you know what I mean? Other than a little hangover, it's not that bad of a whatever, you know what I mean? But like, well, how often do you take it? How often could you go without it? You know? And it goes to, whoever who sips lean, who popped any type of pills. These are very important things to kind of, you know, confront, but also, you know, assist people to get help. And when they're getting help, just pray for them. Cause that, that's the only thing you could do at that point. Kodak Black has checked in himself into rehab. You know, I've heard, I've told you, I broke the news before I even met him that Kodak Black has been in outpatient rehab before for some substance abuse. I never knew what it was, but he spoke about it on the podcast I can't do nothing but, you know, support them. You know, like, which, uh, there's some people with the, you know, uh, uh, assumption that you could force somebody to do something beyond their will. That's not true at all. So, you know, my prayers is with Kodak. I could tell he's going through not, not only maybe, you know, battling addiction, but he's going through a lot of loss. And when, when, I, when I talk about loss, it could be because of, you know, friends who he feels has betrayed him. It could be, you know, you know, loved ones or friends who he has lost, you know, death, grief, all of that. You know, he's going through a lot, and as someone who is, you know, having that conversation with him, m most of the tangents we took was not industry tangents. He didn't want to talk about a lot of stuff that you guys might care about. He wanted to talk about stuff that was going on in his neighborhood, people who we knew personally, people who he had certain situations with. So I hope you guys understand that, like, you know, I would never give a platform or just, you know, connect with somebody and just be like, oh, fuck him after the interview type of shit. That's not me. But, you know, I'm here to offer help, offer motivation, and, you know, try to encourage somebody as, you know, they're facing their own demons because you can't force anybody to do anything. Okay, so um, please go check out those those interviews. And, by the way, send Kodak some some love. Send him some some of your prayers. And um, even Omi and the Hellcat, send him your prayers as well. Now, while we were in Miami, I never told this story. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Let me start the story off by saying, I feel like I'm the LeBron of my squad. And I know what you're saying. Let me explain. Went to Miami to do a few work-related things, but also to celebrate the birthday of, you know, someone who's been very hospitable to us, my man Fresh from the Fresh and Fit podcast. And, you know, also have a good time outside of that. Work always comes first, but, of course, listen, all work and no play, you a lame-ass nigga. I'm sorry, right? I want everybody who could hear this story to chime in. I need everybody to chime in. I don't care if you message me, comment on one of my Instagram posts, comment on one of my uh, YouTube posts or anything else. I need to hear your opinion on this. I want to liken the guys who I roll with to the guys you know if y'all going out to the club or going on vacation, you know those two or three or maybe three or four, maybe even five to seven dudes that you know like, yo, if I'm with them, we going to have a good time. That's your squad. That's your gang. That's the dudes you trust when you're going on missions. When I say missions... You about to go enjoy the company of the opposite sex. We in Miami. Done a bunch of work. My guys, they know I'm pretty strict when it comes time to work. But after that, let's enjoy ourselves. Now, this is going to be my, this is my first time. I never, ever rented a yacht. Ever in life. But I rented a yacht. I'm like, all right, let me get a yacht going on. All right. First of all, I kind of got finessed to get a yacht, but it's all good. You know what I mean? Like, it's all in good fun. You know, it's one of my guys' birthday. I got a yacht, blah, blah. You know what I mean? My guy who I thought was going to take care of the yacht, he was like, yo, no, no, no. He sent us the bill, but I was like, all right, cool. He, but, but we told him, we told him to get the girls. So I'm going to be honest with y'all. We're in Miami. Miami's the home of the BBLs, OnlyFans, the smuts, the thoughts. So we, I told him specifically, I said, Get the biggest whores you can find. The biggest ones. Just get them here. This is where I need you to chime in. There was a nigga who I know in Miami. And if any of y'all watch me on stream or watch me, like, by the way, I had him on the podcast. My nigga Silky was here. So Silky lives in Miami. Silky, you know, rolls out with me to certain events in Miami. Silky said, Ack, what's the vibe for the day? Now, here's the thing, and this is where I'm going to appeal to y'all again. For everybody who got your squad, like, you probably got two, three people that you know if y'all link at a kickback with some girls, yeah, blah, blah, everything going to go according to plan because you know what everybody's going to do. So we're in Miami. This nigga Silky, who I'm very cool with, but I've never been in that situation with him. He said, yo, act, what are we doing? I said, uh, well, I got a yacht party going on. Pull up. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't believe this. This was strike one. Russell Westbrook. I call this nigga Russell Westbrook because I've never seen this shit ever in my life. Russell Westbrook is a nigga who I don't care if you give him the fucking, I don't care if you give him the dream team. You put this nigga in the game and give him the ball, he'll find a way to lose. I've never seen this shit ever in my life. So let me explain. And this could be a long story, but I'm trying to condense it. We're on the boat. By the way, let me give you a little bit more context. The night before we're at Fresh and Fit, everything is cool. Me and Yak, Kodak is there. If y'all watched, there was actually a stream that we did on their shit. There was a girl who was saying she would lick Kodak toes. I was like, oh, this, this white girl is kind of, you know what I mean? But anyway, you know, obviously nothing was going to happen. We, we, we've we seen allegations of white women and Kodak before. So that was all entertainment. Nothing was going to happen, blah, blah. Even though that girl certified smart. Real talk. Okay. She had a friend with her. Because when we showed up to Miami, Fresh and them was on a boat. 
It was pouring liquor down girls' throats. There was twerking. There was girl kissing girls. I was like, oh my god! Like the 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 the, the, the fuckery, the, the 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 demonicness. I like this. Okay, like this was the goddamn just. It felt like Sodom and Gomorrah down there. So anyway, she had a friend with her. And I know y'all want to speed the story up, but I got to take my time with this so y'all can understand. So a full-on thought who's telling Kodak she wants to fucking lick his toes, suck him up, and have his ass wet with spit. Like, you remember that? Yo, she was really wild, right? Oh, yeah, she that was a little bestiality because Kodak said, if you fuck me, you got to fuck the monkey. I was like, Kevin Gates, is that you? <laughs> anyway, we're there. She had a friend with her. And I have to describe to the people like this. Have y'all ever seen one of y'all homeboy's girl in the club and your homeboy girl who was probably twerking on everybody, busting it wide open, walling? She notices you're in the club. And she don't want you, but she knows you're her man's friend. And she fixes up. She straightens up. She not busting splits no more. She not doing the most. She's like, oh, 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 shit. That's my man's. F- oh, shit. We're at the spot. And we like, because Silky was going to come through. They was like, yo, my man Silky coming through. That chick heard it. And nigga, it was like. Nigga, it was like Men in Black when it went, when they flashed that light. This chick was a whole new person. I'm like, why is she acting like this? Now, keep in mind, 20 minutes before, she's twerking on the balcony. Two hours before, she's on a boat. Nigga's pouring alcohol down her throat. She's kissing chicks. She's, she's, doing the, she's doing the most. The moment I mention that name, she starts switching up. Anyway, later in the night, you know, we do the interview, blah, blah, blah. Kodak's dipping. I remember I was trying to take a picture with the one who wanted to like suck Kodak's toe and her. And she was like, oh, no, I'm, I'm like, I want to keep it low key. And I'm like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? Like, yo, you was just on a boat. Niggas was literally pouring alcohol down. Your th- you was doing the most. She later tells me, hey, I know somebody you know. Now, I'm going to be honest. I'm in Miami. So I'm thinking that I don't know who she fucked. Lil Pump, Smoke Perp, 6ix9ine, Kodak, one of Kodak niggas. I don't know, one of the, uh, uh, one of like exes, I don't know who's in Florida. She told me, oh, no, the person who I fucked or I fuck with that you know is a streamer. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Anyway, I get to find out Silky. I'm giving you this, this information right now for later. Actually, for right now. It's the next day, we're on the boat, and there's, remember I told my nigga, I'm paying for, I said, get all the thoughts, the biggest ones. Get like the most immoral whores, the ones with no fathers, the ones with no boundaries, the ones who listed like just, they're just with that life. The last girl who joins the boat is that girl from the day before who, when we mentioned the nigga that we know name, she straightened up. So she hops on the boat and this is, I guess, the question. So, if you didn't listen to anything before, listen to this. I just need to know if I'm tweaking and expecting on a... Remember, this is not no one-on-one shit. This is a group outing. Do you take one for the fucking team? To me, self-explanatory. You take one for the team. So, we're on the boat. We're on, we're on a yacht. It's amazing. It's great. Now, I mean, you know, some people some people call themselves the, the, the MC. I feel like I'm the MT. Some people, the master of ceremony, I'm the master of thottery. Okay? So, of course, I got some Casamigos, some Hennessy in my hand. I'm like, I bet. What are we doing? Are we doing um, um, motherfucking shoot the dare, blah, blah, blah? Anyway, the chick who came on a boat who was having, I don't know, I guess they were talking before, and I couldn't make this up. She's on the boat with the nigga. She, she talks to everybody but him, and I look at, I even look at him and I say, this is not the place. If y'all got issues between y'all, keep in mind, he saw, and yo, yo I hate niggas like this, dog. I re- yo, I hate niggas like this so much. Let me explain. 
if you are a nigga who you like a girl, and I've always said this to all my niggas, please just admit it. Don't act like you don't like a girl when you like her. This nigga literally seen the girl he was talking to, the girl who straightened up when we mentioned her name. He seen her on the gram. He seen her on the gram getting liquor poured down her throat. She's doing all type of wild shit on the boat. She's twerking. She's twerking on the balcony when me and Kodak is there. She literally told Kodak, yo, when Kodak says, there was a question of, would you fuck Kodak and his monkey? She said, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm going to slip a note to you after this shit about what she's with everything. Now she's on the fucking boat with the dude she likes and the nigga who likes her. He's because he, he realizes she's a thigh. He don't want to like keep it real with her. He don't want to he, he, like, he's acting weird. She's acting weird. I'm like, yo, what's this? Like, yo, we're on a yacht. Like we're, we're trying to get turned up. Guess what happens? All of a sudden, she looks over because Silky's sitting right next to me. She says, yo, I got to talk to you. And she's talking to Silky. I got to talk to you. I literally look at Silky and I said, let's stop all this. Stop it. This ain't the fucking venue for y'all to have no conversation. We're on the banana boat. This is for straight thought shit. Silky says, nah, give me a second. Me and her are going to talk. Now, I'm thinking that's a colloquial for some other shit. If you're on a yacht, you're playing music, everybody's twerking, chicks are flashing, all type of wild shit. By the way, if your girl go on a yacht with some niggas, it's over. I ain't gonna lie to you. All that's going on. Silky and her go to talk in a room. The easy assumption I made, he's donkey fucking her. Gotta be. He's donkey fucking her. They're in there for 45 minutes. I couldn't even believe it. I'm like, oh, my God, this nigga's tweaking on her. Now, to really speed this up, anyway, they end up coming out. The chick looked like she was crying. I'm like, what? I'm like, did he fuck her till she's crying? Oh, my God, this nigga's a demon. Like, that's, that's how my simple mind is thinking. She literally looks at us afterwards. She said, I wish I went in there to fuck this nigga. We didn't do anything. I couldn't even believe it. Anyway, to make a long story short, and I keep saying that. And this is what I'm saying, taking one for the team. So Silky and his girl are beefing on the boat. There's other girls on there who are explicitly saying they want to do everything, blah, 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 blah. But Silky and his girl, because they have some relationship, they're killing the vibes. They're fucking killing the vibes. Okay, let's keep it moving. We start shoot the deal. Silky and the girl who just came out of the room, they're both hands folded. None of them want to play. No type of games. No type of interaction. Other girls is trying to mess with Silky. He don't want no parts. Other niggas want to mess with her. She don't want no parts. Clearly, because they got some entanglement. Like, they care about each other type shit. So they're fucking up the whole fucking vibe. Right? Now, this is what I'm asking of every man. At what point do you take the L? Even if you can't win, you got to take the L for your niggas. Everybody else is with it, but they want, they don't want niggas like Silky who are just super uptight, not willing to be a part or even entertain other people. The whole point that I was trying to tell Silky, and this is when I realized this nigga is Russell Westbrook. There was a girl, I'm not going to say she looked bad. You think she looked bad? I don't see the lap dance one. You know, no, no, you know what I'm talking about? Okay, all right. You know, the, the tall chick, yeah. All right, anyway. Okay, okay, okay. Anyway, put it like this. Let me just tell you how much of a selfish motherfucker this nigga was. Everything is going good. He literally basically puts everybody in the mind to say, if the baddest chick don't want to fuck with me, I'm good. I don't want to talk to nobody else. I can't have a conversation. I won't entertain nobody. This, that, and third. And it fucks up the whole fucking vibe of the boat. Am I wrong? Fucked up. Now, let me tell you why it's Russell Westbrook. We have an after event afterwards. 
And this is where we're going to finish it real quick. At least this story. This nigga fucked up the whole boat. Because, like, him and his girls beefing, everybody else is trying to have fun. They're all pointing out that this nigga doesn't want to engage this and third. All of a sudden, we figure out we could do some shit afterwards. And leave. Tell me if I'm lying. We get a select amount of people to come back to us. We got an Airbnb, this and third. Everything is going to be cool. We had to eliminate two women. One of them who's just straight up, she's a demon, right? We had to eliminate her, right? We had to eliminate her because Silky, his girl was best friends with her. And then we had to eliminate Silky's girl. So two of them are out of the picture already. So that's two down, right? We get to the crib. We have about like, hey, wait, is your mic connected? Yeah. Is it on? Yeah. Okay, so we get to the crib. How many people are there? Seven. We have a seven versus four. I thought it was eight, but seven versus four. Seven women, four niggas. You can't even miss. Even if you miss, you win. The point is, and I, I like, you know, I've told a story before. I even told on his stream. I learned a very valuable lesson that there are certain niggas in this world that will not be a team player for their homies to win. And that nigga was one of them. So two chicks left then. Two other girls left afterwards because they basically looked at it like, yo, this nigga doesn't want to, like, he's not, like, he's looking for a relationship type shit. He's not trying to get lit. Who else left? Uh, the tall one. Yeah. Tall, dark-skinned one left. Exactly. I'm going to just end this conversation by saying, Beware for Silky. And what I mean by beware for Silky is that as men, we know about one-on-one situations. If you if you got a chick, go ahead. But there's sometimes we operate in groups. And if you with your homies and you entertaining a group of people and your homie ain't willing to take a L for y'all to win, that is not a team player. I said it to him. I said, Silky, you the type of nigga that if we went to war, if they threw a, yo, if they teach you in war, when they throw a grenade, one soldier got to jump on that bitch because you can't have a grenade blow up the entire fucking battalion. You know what Silky going to do? They throw the grenade right in front of him. He pick it up like a hot potato and toss it behind, behind him into the crowd. No kidding. That nigga's just bad for business. He just be like, oh, shit, this is good. Oh, uh, y'all niggas good? The nigga was Russell Westbrook. Now, I really told all the, the rest of this story to, to really tell this part. This is where Leaf comes in. Yo, I'm so sick of selective morals. It's over. So, anyway, so Silky, uh, and by the way, this still connects to the story, but we're going to fast forward. Silky's on a boat with the girl. They're upset at each other. They, whatever, ain't doing shit. There was another girl who was there who was fucking my man, Leaf. Right, Leaf? Yeah. Okay. She comes back to the crib. She literally even says she came back to the crib to fuck with you. Correct? She did. Okay. While my man is hosting, because, like, yo, you know, you have a lot of people and you've been seeing blah, blah, whatever, whatever the case is. My man is hosting. Silky starts to talk to her. By the way, the conversation he said to you, he said, I just want to, because we weren't going to bring him back to credit. He said, he said, I'm down to, if she's like, if she's how she was acting on the boat, I want to fuck her after you. Right? That's what he said. But he also said while we was on the boat, he wanted nobody there. But when we got off the boat, that changed. He found one. But but here's the big the biggest problem. This ain't about Silky. Silky's a short. Like, there's certain niggas I've realized that they got to go on one on one missions. 
Like, they don't understand. Like, it used to, y'all remember going to, like, the Labor Day weekend in New York, and it used to be just a gang of us, and just be like, yo, it's, it's like a group event. Like, everybody go bag, like, everybody bag, like, 10 chicks, and then let's see if we could invite over a group, and the group gonna fuck with all of us, or we gonna try, you know what I mean? Like, it was just like, it was almost like, that's what niggas do. This nigga is literally a solo, that's why I call him, like, Russell Westbrook. Anyway, to the selective moral shit. You tell the story. I ain't got no camera. I'm gonna let you do it, B, because uh, it's still still a little hot. Still right. a little hot. Oh my god! I'll try anyway, anyway, I'll try I, got, I, got, I, got, I got. Yo, let me tell you this. And this is why, like, yo, I'm, I'm just so sick of people capping these days. I had to take leave phone and and start texting like this chick because anyway, there was a chick who came to the crib after the boat. She wanted to fuck Leaf, right? That was her thing. She comes to she comes to the crib. Leaf is like entertaining everybody. This nigga Silky sneaks in there. This nigga's like a Slytherin snake, okay? Like, this nigga's like Voldemort. I don't know what the fuck he got going on. Anyway, he starts talking to her. Keep in mind, when she was on the boat, like, there's five niggas who was sucking on the titties. Like, she's doing the most. Like, every nigga is, like, getting... Like, she's she's for the squad. She's everywhere. For the squad, okay? Now, by the way, I ain't do nothing with her. I just want to put that out there as a disclaimer. But Shorty was willing and out there with the whole fucking squad. Anyway... She comes back. She was going to fuck with my nigga Leaf, of course. The Slytherin snake known as Silky, he snuck in that bitch. And now he has her ear. Now, keep in mind, I just want to get everybody, like, really up to date. She's on the boat. She's doing all type of blasphemous shit. She's getting, I don't even know if she was getting, she's getting fingered, titties sucked, everything by mad different other niggas. She gets to the crib. And females, and females. Oh, and females. Yeah, she was both sex. She gets to the crib. She kind of tells my nigga that he finna, you know what I mean? Silky sneaks in there. She ends up at the end of the night basically saying, hey, listen, I'm not here for the, I'm not here for no bullshit. I'm on this, I'm on the vibe that Silky's on. And we looked at her like, what vibe is that? Keep in mind, she's on the boat doing all type of fuckery. She says now she's on some, like, relationship vibe. I couldn't believe it. So, anyway, Silky somehow finesses it. He fucks her that night. All right, cool. Leaf, you wasn't that mad, right? No. The next night, because we stayed an extra night, you hit her up. True. You hit her up, and you're like, yo, maybe you would have some better luck with, without, because she literally said the night before, I would have fucked you if it wasn't for Silky, right? Yep. Then what happens? You hit her up the next night because you're like, all right, cool. You, you and Silky, whatever. Like, I'm not, I don't care. I don't trip like that. I don't care about what you did on the boat with God knows who. I ain't tripping about that. You hit her up, and what did she text you? Do not hit my phone past 12 p.m. anymore. I'm not that type of girl. Yo, I this have was, morals. Yo, this was the most ridiculous. Yo, literally she was on the boat getting passed around like literally a fucking blunt. She's doing everything in the world. She ends up getting fucked by Silky at 6 a.m. She stayed up for the whole night to get piped out at 6 a.m. And the next day you hit her up and she says, I'm not that type of girl. Don't hit me past midnight. The only conclusion I could get is that Silky told her some shit that is like, it's like Silky was on some Drake shit. He convinced a whore to be a good girl. Can't believe it. Now, I know this story was fractured a little bit, so I want to apologize to y'all, but the main point I was saying, man, there's some selective morals, man, and this is why you got to really know women before you really get into a relationship with them. Listen, man, Shorty's hit my, like, when she texts Leaf that, I took the phone from her. She says, don't hit my phone after midnight. I'm not that type of girl. I got morals this and third. 
And I had to text her. I said, Shorty, what the fuck is you talking about? You met the nigga Silky on the boat when he was going through it with the girl he was talking to? You didn't give a fuck. You ended up fucking him that same day. As soon as she was out of sight. You fucked him at 6 a.m. And now you're talking about niggas shouldn't hit you up past midnight. And also, you got morals. What in the fuck is going on out here? I think it's Miami, though. Nah, it's what he said nah, to nah, her. I think it's Miami. It gotta be Miami. It gotta be Miami. Anyway, um, it, it's not too shocking, but, you know, it, it's just, you know, some of the happenings that, that has gone on over the years. I will say this. Um... I was posting some shit on my Instagram earlier today. Man, 2021 is a fucking trip, ain't it? Like, I'm reading today. I feel like it's TMI central. Like, it's like too much information. Like, some of the shit we don't care about, but it's. It, it, I feel like it's almost trying to excite people to cause outrage. Like, all of a sudden... Like, truth be told, I've never in my mind ever think is, you know, Batman and Robin, I've never thought, wait, is Robin straight or gay? I've never thought that. But somebody, apparently the writer, chose to volunteer that information. No, Robin is gay as hell. Okay. I wasn't thinking about that. I was just thinking about if this bitch-ass nigga was going to help Batman in good situations or not. But okay. Thank you for telling me this nigga's gay. Okay. TMI, but... But it also continued onto some other like shit where it's like nobody thinks about it sexually. Was anybody in here even thinking about fucking Ernie and Bert and thinking, oh, these guys are gay? No, you're a fucking cartoon character. You're on Sesame Street. We're just thinking you're goofy. But of course, somebody had to let us know these motherfuckers are in a gay relationship. We didn't ask, they told us gay. And I feel like they do it just to be like, y'all niggas mad? I'm like, shit. Why do we even know, need to know that? But then the fucking latest. Superman. <laughs> I never even knew Superman had a son. <laughs> Nigga, I've been watching Superman, Clark Kent, Lewis Lane. Maybe I'm not keeping up with the comics, but now I hear the motherfucker has a son. And he's, was it bisexual? And I'm flabbergasted. I didn't even know he had a son. Why am I hearing the announcement that he has a son with people trying to tell me he's bisexual? I don't care. I'm not offended if he's bisexual, straight, and center. And by the way, I know some people might be like, well, you know the comics and the, you know, the movies have always like, Pictured like when Batman rescues the girl, he kisses her. So you assume she's straight. And when Superman rescues Lewis Lane, he kisses her. And when Spider-Man rescues, whoa, whoa, what's that chick? Spider-Man be rescuing? I don't even know. Huh? Mary Jane, whatever the fuck her name is. But in reality, like, I feel at this point, they just tell us shit we don't even care about. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. Whether he was straight, gay, bi, or other. I don't even think about Batman's son. Batman had a son? Nobody cares. This is where I get into to kind of like just thinking like, yo, why is this being... Why does this make so much waves? And this is where I have to have, have an objective conversation. Is it because we get triggered when we find out some superhero that, you know, a lot of people are into the comics and, like, shit, I love Avengers type shit, you know what I mean? If if people find out their superhero isn't the same sex, are people, like, upset? Or is it one of those things where I understand representation? Like, you know, of course we should have representations of straight, gay, bisexual, transsexual in all of our art, whether it be TV shows, this and third, but is it one of those things where like, it's just too overt because I've never seen an announcement that 
Nigga, if, I ain't gonna lie to you. If you ask me, I thought Superman was gay. He used to be doing mad shit. I was like, nah, I don't know about this nigga, man. Nothing wrong with him. He was amazing. But I never thought about it like, yo, is he straight or gay? Now we're coming out with definitive things and definitive titles that I look at it and I'm like, I don't know if this is part of, you know, kind of putting forth maybe somewhat what that could be an agenda onto a lot of people. Again, I don't care about our cartoon characters and fictional people be seen as gay, straight, or bisexual. If I seen them fucking hooking up with a guy and they're a guy, I, I could do the math. You get me? If I see them hooking up with a woman and they're a man, I could do the math or I could assume. But these announcements these days are almost like, I, I, I just can't get it. I'm going to be honest with you. I really don't get it. You get me? So that's just one of those things where I'm like, are we just in an era of everything we've thought to be innocent, we have to sexualize? I never, ever thought about Ernie and Bert fucking. I've never thought about SpongeBob fucking. But they have to assign a, a sexuality preference to all these people that now it almost puts a tint over what we thought it was. I just thought, I don't even know if SpongeBob is a man or a woman, at least from what I've seen it. You get me? So, again, with all of that, I just don't know what the end goal is. So, you know, uh, I look at situations like that, and, of course, you know, I want to see equal representation, and I want to see the LGBTQ community get their due rights and also representation in all film and this and third. But a lot of times I'm seeing these, like, announcements, and I'm like, I don't know if that's necessarily necessary, okay, if that makes any sense, okay? Um... Before I get out of here, uh, one of the things I do want to point out that I enjoy, but I just can't seem to fucking finish, which I don't know if I don't know if, if you finish this shit. Uh, there's some called Squid Games. You, you finish this? Never watched it. Never watched it. Okay, so there's some called Squid Games, and I'm gonna be honest with you. As soon as I put that shit on, five minutes later, I'm sleeping. Like I've I've seen the memes. I've seen people talk about it. Um, it's one of those things where. I think I'm looking at it from a macro perspective. This is exactly why um, Netflix can't lose because Netflix has its own ability to either buy the franchise or buy the content that they could make trend. When you hear that Money Heist had two seasons before Netflix actually bought it, but when Netflix bought it, it was the biggest thing in the world. Netflix could make what they want pop in. I can't even tell if it's great content or maybe if this is the only place we're going to for content, they control the entire shit. So I'm looking at um, I'm looking at Squid Games and I'm like, how important necessarily is this? Or is it just a product of another one of the motherfucking um, um, a franchise that's owned by Netflix? And really, that's that's really all I'm looking at it at. Because, you know the genius part about Netflix? You own the platform, and you get to own the movies. And if you really want to force the movies or whatever on people, all you got to do is just suggest it to them. You got you can just force it down their throats. They watch something, it's automatically the next up. It's something that you own all the rights to, which makes sense. It's the exact reason why, by the way, I'm probably on Spotify. Spotify probably thought like, hey, listen, here's a genius idea. We don't own all the music, but listen, me, we, we could, you know, we and act could own a situation where we have some ownership in music that have no ownership in. And what about we'll just suggest a podcast or suggest, I don't know, like maybe a film. Um, I don't know if they'll go film, but we could suggest short content. That's where we're at these days. And even Squid Games, I can't, I haven't seen why it's so good yet. It feels like it's a product of Netflix forcing it onto people. And when that's the case, I can't tell how good it is as opposed to how powerful the platform is. It's Netflix does it again. So maybe I'm severely underrating it. I'm going to try to watch the whole thing before, you know, next Monday's episode. But every time I watch that shit, it's a snooze fest. I just go to sleep. Okay? 
Now, people, um, thank y'all for tuning into this episode. I try to give y'all a little bit of everything. Um, we didn't talk too much about sales, even though, as you should know, the sales are in. Number one, we got Taylor Swift, who, by the way, I have so much to say about how she got number one, but I can't even hate it. The, the whole numbers game these days is really cooked by the industry. Taylor Swift was allowed to have all her vinyls that were shipped counted towards her sales. All the vinyls. We don't even have confirmation it was purchased. We just know it was shipped. It's kind of how they used to have where the CDs were shipped back in the day. And when niggas were going platinum, it's because it was shipped to the stores. So if a label shipped a million to the stores, whether it was bought, it's a million sold because the 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 the, the, the um, stores bought it and then they were reselling it. So with the vinyl thing, it's I know Taylor's redoing her albums, but like it's hard to kind of quantify um, consumption because at least with streams, when it comes to like say the number two album, like Drake's album these days is just primarily streams. You have to go play the music, and even that's even diluted because how many of those plays are the person actually playing it, or maybe streaming service Apple or Spotify just suggested it from a playlist or from some other list, which then it's not. I guess I'm saying, and it kind of defeats some of the purpose of me even talking about numbers a little bit, but it's just the truth. The numbers in hip-hop are all fucked. And the reason why I still talk about it is because everybody is trying to scam numbers. There was a time niggas was just trying to sell T-shirts or sell merchandise. However, it's like I look at it as a steroid error. I don't discount the steroid error because I assume most of the people were on steroids. Like, these days, most of the people are faking streams, buying streams, or doing whatever finesse is current. So, again, I look at all of that. Taylor's going to be number one this week. Drake, number two. Meat Mill's going to be number three. I believe he sold 95K. Uh, Drake is at 100 and... See, the 111 or 117, and, and Taylor is well over, like, 130. We will see what it is, Okay. Um, I've been having this conversation, but I, I'll, I'll probably look to continue it on next um, episode about who's a big dog in this culture. And I really feel like there's a reshuffling of everything going on right now. Huge reshuffling. There's a reshuffling of who's a big dog in music. The artists who used to sell 100K five, 10 years ago, are they still 100K artists now? The artists who used to sell a lot and be considered as some elite class, Wale, Meek, YG, are they still currently in that particular class or has there been a fall off? I feel like there's a new deck of cards being shuffled. I think we're realizing the potency of somebody like an NBA young boy, a little Uzi Vert. Lil Baby, a gunner, money bag yo, Lil Dirk, Polo G. Did I say NBA Youngboy yet? Or did I am I just saying it again? There is a new crop of potential superstars that are growing up and budding at this moment. And truth be told, a lot of people who we used to really consider as some of the people running this industry, we're going to notice, I don't want to necessarily call it a fall off because it, the great thing about the music industry, you don't necessarily have to fall off. You have to adjust. Like I never thought Rick Ross fell off. I thought Rick Ross adjusted with the times. He had his run. But at the moment where he knew his run was going to be so effective anymore because there was a new generation that was gaining new light, he started signing people. And that's why, that's where the greats, come in when it comes to the music industry, when it comes to executives, and when it comes to people who are, you know, just really well-versed in this shit. So as I'm watching this whole new cultural or rap deck reshuffle, it's interesting to see the artists who sell over 100K. Yo, back in like four or five years ago, Young Thug never sold over like 60K. Last Young Thug project sold over 120. You get me? 
You have people like 21 Savage. You have people like A Boogie. Future's still doing over 100,000. Uh, 100, he did 156 last time. It's interesting to note who have maintained. And I say that without even trying to disrespect any artist because the average shelf life of an artist is not 10 years. It's four to five. It's like a running back. It's four to five. And until people realize that, they won't realize how special it is when somebody lasts for 10 years, when somebody still could have an effect on the culture. So, you know what? I'm going to have a discussion about that next time, but thank you for tuning in. Today is Monday, October 11th. Uh, you are rocking with your boy DJ Academics on, I believe, the best rap podcast and the podcast I give you what you want from a regular person, from a regular fan. Fuck the industry shit. It's your boy DJ Academics, man. Make sure you tune in on Wednesday to Off the Record Podcast. I'm out.